There's all kinds of trauma. And everybody struggles differently in life with different things. On this episode of Survivor Angels, you're going to hear from a woman who has really run the gamut. I call this one abuse, abortion, and angels. It's time for Survivor Angels, an approach to strengthen trauma survivors. Here, you can escape what draws negativity and engage your positive abilities and the gifts that you've always had. Let's activate your angels. And to help you on that journey, here's Chaplain Jody. On this episode of Survivor Angels, I have a good friend, Winnie Schrader, with me today. (laughs) You probably know Dave Schrader. This is his better half. I say that in all truthfulness, too. (laughs) Winnie and I are going to talk about relationship trauma today, and so I think best place to start is with your story. Yeah, well, my story, um, it began in high school. Um, I had just gotten out of, you know, a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, and you know how that is when you're a teenager, your world's ending, Um, you know, and one of our mutual friends, had a liking towards me and I was unaware Um, and you know I just kind of saw him in a different light once I found out about it and in the beginning he was quite charming Um, we went to uh, the Sadie Hawkins dance together that was kind of like our first official outing Um, his ex-girlfriend was there with another guy um, and he really The way he approached the whole situation was very, I guess you would say a red flag that I didn't notice. Um, You know, and I'm I'm not sure why I didn't pick up on it at the time, but um, we eventually became boyfriend-girlfriend, and you know, in the beginning of the relationship, everything's perfect. No matter who you're with, you're in that honeymoon phase. Yes. Um, But it kind of gradually started deteriorating I even remember distinctively, like, the very uh, first time he kind of aggressively came verbally at me. We were fishing, and um, I can't remember what I said, but I just remember his response as if it were yesterday. He turned around and told me to shut the F up, like, really aggressively, and I'm like, I was kind of taken back by it. I've never been talked to like that before. I'm like, hmm. And... I thought maybe it was just a one-off situation, maybe he was having a bad day, and um, it eventually started becoming more and more frequent, Um, you know, just kind of the verbal pushback he would always give me. Um, And then I remember the very first time he physically hurt me, Um, he choked me out, um, out of nowhere, and I'm, I honestly, I wish I would have ended it there, you know, and I don't understand why I didn't. Um, but I now, you know, as an adult, I look back and I see the problems that many women face in abusive relationships. They become codependent. They become, you know, like, but I love this person. Can I fix them? That's Always kind, the fixer. <laughs> it is. It, you know, you're like, 
you know, you just don't know. So, like, eventually, I mean, it got to the point um, where I was fearing for my life. Um, many things have happened in between. He cheated on me. He has become very um, a, a controlling of me and my time. Like, if I was going from school to home and I didn't call him right away, he's like, where were you? And I said, well, I came home. I went to the bathroom and I spoke with my grandma for a little bit, and then I called you. Well, it only should have taken me this time to this time to get home and call me. And I'm like, sorry, I didn't know I was on a clock. <laughs> you know? Right. Yep. I mean, it was just like things like that that just kind of progressively got worse. And one of the things that really traumatized me throughout the relationship is I, I got pregnant. Um, and immediately he was like, you gotta, you got to get rid of it. you got to get rid of it. And... I'm not a person that's pro-life or pro-choice. I think it's a personal decision, you know? Right. I, I could care, you know, less either way. It's whatever you decide, that's what's best for you. And um, I personally, I don't felt, feel like that was a reason at the time to get one. I'm like, well, teenagers have babies all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but, and then it just, he treated me so poorly. Like, it's like, there was no consideration, no um, empathy, nothing for me. He was very rude all the time, and he got to the point where he didn't want to pay for it. And he would try and hold me down and beat the baby out of me. Oh, my gosh. Because he didn't want to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember going, and we eventually went to the clinic, and he was being very rude to me throughout the whole in the waiting room. I mean, I'm sitting here traumatized. I'm like, I don't want to do this, but I have no choice. Right. Um, and things like that. So it was just, and he was just, he was mad because he was supposed to meet his buddy to go Christmas shopping. And I'm like, I'm sitting here <laughs> about to have a life sucked out of me here. Can you at least, you know, have a little empathy and, and uh, show some kindness a little bit? And it was just, he was very rude about it. Um, I remember going into the office, being taken back, and they, they kind of go over the procedure with you, and they ask questions. And I distinctively remember her asking me, is anybody forcing you to do this? And I wanted to scream, yes, help me. I need help. Right. I'm in this situation where I feel like I can't get out of it. Mm -hmm. and, but I looked at her and said no. And that was like, I felt like that was probably one of my biggest regrets in life. At that point, I didn't say yes. Okay. So I had the procedure done, and on the way home, he looked at me and he goes, I wonder if that was the girl that I've always wanted. Really? I'm like, why would you say that to me? Just and to now, be of all. Yeah, we're on our way home from the clinic that I just had an abortion at, and you're kind of regretting it because it could have been the girl that you've always wanted excuse me mm -hmm. <laughs> um but now when i look back on it i'm i'm glad that i made that decision not because it was the best thing for me it was being a mother now mm -hmm. i think it was the best choice for the child because my concern was is he going to hurt this child? Is he going to start abusing this child? Exactly. You know, I've had friends that their their boyfriends have killed their child from shaken baby syndrome. And I could picture, I was picturing that in my mind when I was having the procedure done. I'm like, this is, 
this has to be the best choice. Mm-hmm. I was trying to convince myself. I still was unsure because I've never been a mother. Now that right. I understand it more, though, that I am a mom and things like that. But that was a huge turning point for me. Okay. Um, you know, and as things progressively got worse, um, I finally, one day, I snapped. I just snapped because the last time I was in this house, we got into a fight. And he held a big buck knife to me okay and that he was punching me and I was covering my face because I didn't want him to break my nose I mean Mm -hmm. he was really wailing on me and he grabbed the knife and he's like if you don't move your hands I'm gonna cut them off and I just reached I was just reaching for something because he was punching me and my kidneys he had me down by the throat Mm -hmm. I grabbed whatever I could find and I luckily it was a snowmobile helmet Oh, and I just walloped him on the side of the head and I ran out of the house. I left my car there, everything. I right. just ran and I ran and I went to the gas station that was down the street and um, I called a friend to pick me up and bring me home. The next day my dad drove me over there to drop up, pick up my car and that's when he came out and was begging me not to leave him, that he was sorry. And I said, you've said sorry to me every time and every time we're right back to where you have to say sorry again for the same thing and I just he like would not get out of my car he was just so I finally told him I'm like we just need a break we just need a break I knew I wasn't going back to him I just wanted him out of my car so I was trying to tell him anything I could uh, so I could go and um, I left and then a week later we were at a party he was there and he was following me around like a lost puppy dog, wanting to talk to me. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you right now. We're on right. a break. Leave me alone. He, re- you know, just refused to leave me alone. And I remember it was like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I gotta get home. And um, he came out. And he's like, I really want to talk to you. I really want to talk to you. And I'm like, no. And he just would not let up. And finally, I just I snapped again, and I literally gave him a verbal lashing for three hours. Oh wow! In the street. Wow. Yeah, and I made him cry, and that felt so good for me because it was like I was giving him everything back that he gave mm-hmm. to me. I was giving him all that negative energy, all that anger. Everything right. was going right back on him, and it left me, and it I left felt you. very light. I felt like I wasn't carrying that weight. Mm-hmm. and everything else so um but i i can see where women get roped into a relationship and it happened to me at a very young age i can't right. imagine what it would be like if you're married to somebody have children and this is what you, you know because you have to take everybody else into consideration right. and you know i just i wish i would have spoke sooner about it um but I really kind of, there's been kind of a resurgence with domestic violence with the Gabby Bettino yes. case that came out a couple of, is that a couple of years ago now? Already, yes. Oh, jeez. And I felt really compelled because I felt like that could have been me. Mm-hmm. I felt there was a couple of times I was close to death. I told, I was telling people I was either going to be put in the hospital mm-hmm. or dead. Mm-hmm. Either way. Right. And, um, you know, I wish I would have spoke out. And then I found out, which is kind of sad, that a lot of teen girls are going through this, or young women. It's very sad. 
Yeah, and when the Gabby Bettino thing happened, that's when I started publicly coming out and telling my story. Now, um, my ex is still around, okay. um, so I won't use his name or anything. Yep. And the reason for that is because I never went to the authorities. Mm -hmm. I could have. I did have physical markings. Absolutely. I would lie about it. Why do you have a black eye? Oh, my sister threw something at my face and it hit me in the eye. Right. Or, you know, I fell down or... Ran know, into a door. <laughs> yeah. The famous door. Mm -hmm. um, where I got elbowed in the face. Um, but he would he would purposely, like, try and hit me in places where you couldn't see bruises. Mm -hmm. um, like, he did a lot of... He would punch me in my kidney area a lot. That was kind yeah. of, like, his go-to spot. Um, he only punched me in my face once. Oh, good. And that gave me the black eye. Um, but, you know, it just, it's sad that a lot of young women and, and teen girls are going through this as if they don't have enough problems being a young woman right. in the world that they have to deal with that. So I'm trying to publicly just make awareness that enough is enough. Mm -hmm. we can, you know, I want to let young women know that it's okay. You, you know, it, you don't feel bad. You're not the only one that's gone through this. Right. Don't feel ashamed about it because, you know, I understand how, you know, leaving is hard because you love that person. You generally mm -hmm. love that person and um, you want nothing for the best for them. But right. they're, whatever reason that they became abusive, whether it's uh, their parents were like that or if they had some trauma in their life, mm -hmm. um, you know, my ex, I did forgive him. Not, I didn't call him to forgive him, but I, I forgave right. him for myself because I can't harbor that, no. that anger and resentment. My that only hurts you. Yeah, it does. It's like mm -hmm. a cancer. Um, one thing I did do, though, and, and a lot of women make this mistake, is that after a relationship like that, every relationship, they either gravitate towards the same type of man, or what they do is they treat every man as if they would be like that. True. I always went into my relationships after that one with an open heart, open mind, fresh, clean slate. Okay. You know, and I think, you know, my relationship after him, I was married to my uh, ex-husband for 14 years. Okay. You know, and the reason why we parted, it was nothing, you know, bad or anything. We mm -hmm. just became two different people. And sure. we just weren't jiving anymore. And then I have Dave, and yes. we've been going strong since 2017, and we're just continuing to do what we do. Um, but I've been very open with him about my trauma mm -hmm. uh, that I had with that relationship. And there's times where, you know, I get anxiety about it still. Oh, yes. I mean, there's been a couple times where I've gone into a store and he's there. And I physically become immobile. I'm like, I, right. I remember one time I was going to the grocery store and I saw him walk in. I called my dad. I'm like, Dad, I can't. I said, I'm really like, not terrified, but it's like, I can't. I can't move, you mm -hmm. know? And it's just, you know, just seeing him, it was just like, oh my gosh, you know? But um, I did start writing a book. Um, Good. I know. <laughs> great therapy. Yes, it is great therapy. And I feel like if I get my story out, and I'm going to try and get, you know, a young audience because mm -hmm. um, you know I really feel especially the insecurities and everything that young women and teen girls have really plays a part in that and they feel like they can't do any better 
Um, I mean, you know, like I said, being a teen girl is just hard enough. I can't yes. imagine, you know, having to deal with relationships like I did. It was, it was not, it, it really ruined my high school experience. I mean, mm -hmm. um, on prom night, he was hitting me and beating me in the hotel room because I didn't want to do what he wanted to do with me sexually. Okay. Um, he would use, he would also abuse me sexually. Um, he has raped me before. Okay. I asked him to stop and he refused. He held me down. Um, you know, things like that. And everyone's like, well, how do you get raped by your boyfriend? I'm like... By your husband? I mean, yes. Yeah. When you say no, that means no. Right. You know, and... Um, but yeah, I mean, like, my whole high school experience was not the typical teenage one and I do regret not not having that normal experience having joyous times with friends and like right. I couldn't even have friends no no they, they won't let you have friends no they isolate you mm -hmm. it, it's it's a weird progression that you don't even realize it's happening no that's so the, that's that's the crazy part of it you don't realize these things are happening mm -hmm. to you until it's too late right and that's the manipulation and the things that they do, um, the sociopathic tendencies that they have. Right. They, you know, they kind of, they start saying like, well, I don't like that friend. I want you hanging out with them anymore. I think they're a bad influence. Or, you know, you'd say, I'm going to my friend's house. Why? Well, I want to hang out. Well, can I be there? It's like they have to control every aspect of your life. And eventually they'll isolate you from your friends They'll isolate you from your family. Yes. And, um, like, my parents had no idea this was going on at all. I believe I hit it. it that well. Yeah. I don't know how I did it, but that's scary, knowing that I got away with it. I can't imagine what the girls today are dealing with, right. too. So it's just like, you know, I want to make sure that they have an out, mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of people, I didn't feel like I had an out. I right. felt very trapped and alone. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to talk to my parents about it, especially my mother. Um, she had found out that I did have the abortion. I talked to her. This was after I broke it off with him. I never told my father because it would have broken his heart. Absolutely, you right. Know, and I just, Dads are different. Yeah, I just didn't want. I didn't want him to have that in the back of his mind. Mm -hmm. um, but. You know, I felt my mom would have been more understanding of it because being a woman, and she actually had an abortion back in the oh sixties. Uh, that was extremely dangerous. Yeah, like the wow. only the only time you could really get a legal abortion back mm -hmm. then was if you were deemed clinically not competent to have a child. Right. So that's what she had to go through to get her abortion. Wow. And um, so I felt like she had um, an understanding of what I was going through at that okay. time. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think I've dealt with the trauma, especially as an adult. I don't, I mean, I've never done any type of specific therapy for it. Okay. Um, but I'm sure that if I were to do some to like intensive therapy about it, it probably would bubble up a lot of you know, anxiety and, mm -hmm. and emotions about it. I kind of just, I'm the type of person that I just get up, dust yourself off and keep going. Right. Because right. I don't have a choice. I'm a parent, I'm a wife, 
I can't harbor that and keep me down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have enough problems. <laughs> you you have 11 children total between you yes, and Dave? Yes, Dave and I don't have any children together. Right. Unfortunately, we try to, you know, we got pregnant a couple of years ago, I believe, and I did miss Carrie. Oh. Um, but I was just like, you know, I, it's just not meant to be. I mean, it right. still hurts. You know, I, you know, I look at Dave and I'm like, God, I would have loved to have a child yes. with you. You know. Right. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't give that to you, and you know, you kind of start having that self guilt again. Like I feel like, oh God, I can't even give him a kid. You know, it's just like, but I'm like, I can't, I can't let that do that to me again. No. And and because uh, you know, when you go through an abusive relationship, it really changes the way you feel about yourself it does and that sticks with you yes you know that that's a hard one to crack right so right. you know that's where therapy and things come in because there's times where I don't feel like I'm enough or I'm always a screw up or whatever um but you know I have a great husband now who right you know writes my ship right and he's like no you are enough you know mm -hmm. yeah you do things that make me mad but I, he does things that makes me mad. That's part of being in a relationship with somebody. It is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it sure you know, is. But the, but the difference is, is that when we go to bed, we don't go to bed angry. Right. We kiss and make up. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we watch a fun TV show. Like last night, we were we were just laughing watching reels on Instagram <laughs> of animals. And we just like... To, to us, that is like a good bonding time for us. It is. You yes. know, and, you know, those are the things that I didn't have when I was in that abusive relationship. It right. was constant just... So even if you're in a relationship where there's no physical abuse, a lot of times emotional abuse is just as bad. It is. And verbal abuse. And, you know, that's not healthy either. No, it's not. Not at all. And... Because that's what really sticks in your psyche. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's mm -hmm. hard to shake it, and it really screws with your self-esteem and, and your, your trust issues that trust, you get. <laughs> yes, trust issues, because I was cheated on by him many times, and it was just like, is it me? What am I doing wrong? I don't feel like I'm doing wrong, but obviously I am. So then you try and come up with, like, well, what am I doing? So you try and change everything there is about you that mm -hmm. makes you you. And right. then next thing you know, when you look in the mirror, you don't recognize who you, what your no. reflection is. No. And when if you're getting to that point, you really need to get out and get help. Right. You know. Right. Reach out to any anybody. Absolutely. Anybody. I even put it out there. I'm like, hey, if I don't even know you and you're having issues, relationship issues, reach out to me. Mm -hmm. I will help you. I've actually had a couple of my friends in high school came to me and they're like, yeah, I was going through the same thing you did. And she's like, I really wish I would have known that you were. We could have really, yes, you know, come together. And I'm like, and wow. God I really think that. Um, but they were in the same boat. They didn't tell anybody either because it's yep. like, who do you go to? Who's going to believe you? That's a huge piece. Is who's going to believe me? Yeah. And the thing is, is I have found because you know my story mm -hmm. is that once you tell one person, it opens your floodgates. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you found out that didn't backlash on me. I can talk about this. I can tell people. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, boy, if I wouldn't have had my angels, because they were talking to me all the time, even though I wasn't always listening to them, mm -hmm. but they were telling me, you've got to get out, you've got to leave, and finally, 
I hit a trigger and they said, no more. I took my kids and we were gone. Yeah, that's what you have to listen to it because mm -hmm. I didn't listen to my inner angel instinct, whatever it was. And it just got, it hurt me down the road. It just, it was, there was no change in direction. It was just going from worse to worse to worse. Uh -huh. And it's like, you know, that gut feeling that you have, if you feel like there's something off, listen to your gut. Because, you know. The gut's your angel. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh -huh. It's like your guidance. Like, hey, if yep. you feel like something's off, that's when you need to back off. Right. And I really wish I would have not noticed that or, or listened to my own intuition. Because mm -hmm. um, then, I, you know, I don't know what I would be like today if I didn't. I love who I am today. That's all that um, matters. You know, but like how, what could have made my life better? You know, if I didn't put myself through that. Now, you can always look at the flip side of the coin. I was meant to go through that because right. of this. And, you know, honestly, I probably, the only thing I would change about it is it's not going to the authorities and getting him right charged with some type of assault charges. Mm -hmm. um, because my concern was, and I even told him when I finally had enough, I said, I hope, I hope to God you learn from this and you don't do this to another human being at all. Exactly. That was my takeaway. That was what mm -hmm. I felt good walking away with. I told him my piece. Okay. Whether he listened to me or not, I have no idea. I hope he did because I didn't want anybody to go through what I went through. And, um, you know, so like now I, I, I just put myself out there. If I see a post of a girl talking about a bad relationship and, you know, I'll comment and say hey dm me if you need to talk to somebody sometimes talking to a stranger is, is the best medicine because there's they're unbiased there's no judgment they're right. just there to listen right just there to listen yep and sometimes you know you get the best advice from strangers right because they don't have a side either way they're going to no. tell you like it is right and um you know so i just but yeah i started writing my book just to let, um, hopefully once I get it published, I'm not sure when it'll be done, because I am a busy mom. Yes, like you said, are. Between Dave and I, we have 11 children. Most of them are adults, thank goodness, but we do have some school-age kids in the house. But, you know, with Dave traveling a lot for his yeah. job, too, I have to be at home, and I have to kind of mm -hmm. run the whole kit and caboodle when he's gone. Plus, you have a job Plus, yourself. I have a job, mm -hmm. yes. And, you know, so it's just like... Um, you know, I don't have much free time, I guess you can say, but when I do, I like to do things that I like to do, like crochet. I crochet a lot. Okay. It's a good anxiety. That's a great stress reliever. Yes. I, I, you know, Dave's like, I do crochet a lot. I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it helps with anxiety because right. I still deal with anxiety and depression. Yes. And, you know, now I'm starting to get into the middle ages. And, you know, my body's changing, hormones are changing, so it's just like one minute I'm like completely fine, the next minute I'm bawling my eyes out and I don't even know why I started the change. Um, <laughs> my mom started young too, but you know, I, I'm a lot older than I look, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, you look like a kid yourself. I know. I've been missed. I remember one time <laughs> I went to Ripley's Middle School because she forgot her diabetes kit. I brought it in the I was standing there. She goes, don't you need to be in class? I'm like, 
I'm not an eighth grader. <laughs> I'm a mom. I'm just dropping off my daughter's kid. She looked at me. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know. But, you know, I look back on everything and, you know, I think it's really grown me, especially spiritually. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people ask me, do you believe in God? Do you do this and do that? I'm like, well, you know, I do believe in something. I don't know if it's the God that the Bible talks about or if it's mm -hmm. just some alien. In the, I don't know. I don't know. But I always tell people that I'd rather live in a world with a God than without you know, I wouldn't want to live in a world without right. God or have faith. And I think faith is very important because it got me through a lot of trauma and issues throughout my life. Mm -hmm. Because that faith is kind of like that light at the end of the tunnel. Right. It's your goal to get to there. Yes. And whatever you do along the way is going to, you have to like stay on the path to make sure you're staying towards that right light at the end of the tunnel and that's what i call faith mm -hmm. um you know i have a lot of faith in dave i have a lot of faith in myself now and it really feels good to have that especially when when you don't realize it until you lose it how yes despairing and how alone you feel if you don't have that right that's where the hope lies yeah and i don't care if you believe in angels if you believe in god if you believe in you know whatever um have something something you can hang on to yes because it gives it gives you that that hope that guidance um so i try and live my life now as if everybody's an angel mm -hmm. or you know i try and you know I, I always try and make an impact on somebody's day whether it's just a smile or just to say hello, how are, how are you doing today? Right. Hold a door open for somebody. Uh, especially with social media today, we're so disconnected as human beings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a mortgage lender and I was out at open houses this last weekend and I've had three realtors tell me, they're like, we haven't had a lender come into our open houses in a very long time. And I'm like, why? You know, I love interacting with people because I feel like meeting new people, it, maybe it's because I, for a long time in, in high school, I didn't have that. You were so isolated. I was so isolated that now it's like, I love to talk. I like, I prefer face-to-face -face versus texting yes. or on the phone. Yes. Um, you know, I love getting out there and meeting people because then it made me realize and appreciate other people's company, mm -hmm. relationships. It kind of made it more beautiful for me because I had, you know, I had it ripped away from me. Right. And, you know, whether that's a divine intervention, you know, maybe I had to go through that so I appreciate life better down the road. I don't know. So that's why I say whatever path that I'm on, I'm obviously meant to be there. Yes, you are. You know, and I know I have somebody. I know I have somebody watching over me. I don't know what angel I have or if it, whatever it is, but I give them high fives all the time. <laughs> Somebody's got your back. Yep. Yep. yep exactly. So, um, now do you have like, do you have specific angels that you feel are around you? Um, I know, um, of the archangels, I know Chanuel is probably my, my main mm -hmm. angel and my, my one daughter. She's confirmed that also. She is very psychic and mm -hmm. 
I never said a word to her and she just said to me one day, she said, you realize Jamuel is your archangel? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah. Um, now, is it specifically Chanuel that looks out for me, or is it somebody within Chanuel's legion mm -hmm. <laughs> army? You know, because the archangels always have their own mm -hmm. angels that help them distribute out the work. Uh, I don't know, but I know I fall under that line. Mm -hmm. That's the line that I fall under. Yeah, I would. Uh, how does someone find out? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you just, you have to just sort of start paying attention. Mm -hmm. So when, when you get messages, what is the message about? Is it about protection? Is it about healing? Is it about love? Is it about um, your, your thought processes? And mm -hmm. then you, that's why I encourage people to take a journal. If you, if you think you're getting a message from an angel, um, just write down what's going on in that moment. Mm -hmm. What were you thinking about? What, what were your surroundings? Who yeah. was part of your life at that point in time? Whatever. And then you start seeing the pattern. Oh, okay. And yeah, I should do that because I, I feel like there's been something around me that has helped give me the courage. I don't know if there's specific courage, Angel, but I get the courage vibe that's, a lot. That's Michael. Oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> hey, Michael. <laughs> Buy me a drink. Right. <laughs> Michael probably would. Yeah, I, I have mean, a feeling he's, he's Michael's... He's the big guy up there. So, yeah, yeah, I think Michael might be a little drunk half the time watching over <laughs> me. Like, oh, gosh, she's at it again. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I'm also, um, I'm an empath. So, so I've been kind of, um, and it's been happening more and more frequent. I think I'm becoming clairaudient. And actually, oh. we had a, I, I'm sure Dave might mention it too in his okay. interview, so I'll save it for him. Okay. But we did have an experience 400 miles away where you guys were at Juliet Prison. Oh my gosh. But I'll let Dave do it. Okay. I'll let Dave do it. We'll he see. alluded to something on social media because I'm thinking, am I going to get to hear about this? Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. But yeah, I've, I've, it, especially after my, my mom died, that's when it really started kicking in for me. That's when it happens a lot to people. Yeah. Um, I remember um, both, I lost both my parents kind of not in a traumatic way, but very unexpected way. Okay. Um, my mom had cancer. Uh, she found she had lymphoma. Um, she moved to North Carolina to take care of my grandmother. And oh. of course, then my mom got sick with cancer, so my grandmother had to take care of her. Um, but I guess one day my mom just like collapsed, and her actually she was going through chemo treatments. Well, what what happened was it was kind of like how COVID in the beginning was affecting people. Uh -huh. um, she had a cold and would not having her immune system wiped out, it literally turned into acute pneumonia overnight. Sure. And when she woke up that morning on her birthday, she collapsed in the kitchen and she was rushed to the hospital. And by, she was talking and everything. She just was really sick and felt weak and um, had a fever. Um, by that night, she was on a ventilator. And um, it was just very unexpected. Now, my dad, I was probably the last person to speak with my father on the phone um, about 10, 15 at night. And he went out that night to let the dog out for the last time. And 1 o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call from the hospital saying that, uh, is your father Edward Field? And I said, yeah. And he goes, yes, I'm sorry to tell you this, but he had a massive heart attack. And I'm like, no, I just spoke with him. So it was probably like 30 minutes after I hung up the phone with him that he went outside and collapsed. 
Um, so it's just very unexpected, very, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that it's the worst way to have somebody pass, but when you mm-hmm. just, it's like getting that call in the middle of the night that your family member was just killed in a car accident. Right. Like it's just unexpected. Um, but after those incidents has happened to me, those were probably, minus my grandparents, but like those were the closest deaths to me. I started hearing things. Now about a week after my mom passed, I was laying in bed, I was about to fall asleep, and she yelled, Cassie was my nickname with my family. <laughs> I go by many names, it's a long story. But she yelled my name, and it was her voice in my ear. And I, w- I was like, Mom? And nothing, but it was like she was trying to get my attention, and I had a lot of dream visitations from her. Okay. Um, but the problem was is that it was like she was trying to tell me something. Like, I could tell she's yelling at me in the dream, but there's a soundproof glass between us. Okay. So I feel like, okay, I have a barrier going on here. Mm-hmm. She's trying to tell me something. What is what is blocking it? Right. And then when my father passed, um, I think that kind of opened that barrier a little bit. Good. So now I'm starting to hear things more often. Okay. Um, but I, I did hear something this past weekend but I'll have to explain it to you because it's pretty cool and he was there with you guys at Joliet I wasn't unfortunately I wanted to go but I know I was hoping you'd be there I know but I had nobody (laughs) we have a a zoo at our house we got four cats a dog we got kids Um, you know it's just oh my goodness but yeah it's just it's hard for both of us to get away it is you know know (laughs) and um, but other than that I mean you know my I guess my goal with talking about relationship trauma is to let girls know that they're not alone mm-hmm. have faith reach out to somebody you know it, it, I don't care if you if it dive deep into a religion if it helps you if it does right you know whatever mm-hmm. find something that only you find that is going to improve you not somebody else right not to impress somebody else but for you whether it's crocheting or having a book club, or going to church, or just, you know. Take up art, learn to play an instrument. Do something for you, and then you'll start to realize that you don't have to exist for somebody else. Mm -hmm. That you can be your own person, that you can um, think for yourself, do things for yourself, and there's no judgment there, there's no recourse, there's no self-doubt and insecurity and you can be happy with yourself exactly i mean i i really i'm really i look back and i'm like i was 17 years old and i thought my world was going to end because i didn't have a boyfriend i'm like really there's times where i'm like dave go on vacation somewhere go away i need some me time you know but it's just like god go find a hobby dave like he's got time for anything else too. Oh yeah, he's so busy. His his job is his hobby, you know, traveling so much and right. But he, you know, I I don't want him to give that up either. You no. know, it's hard. You know, especially in this economy with me being a mortgage lender. It's it's. By the way, if anybody needs, he can reach out to me. We'll let you know how. Yeah, I'll give Jody my contact info. But um, yeah, it's just you know. I don't want to give up on it because I right. feel like I'm so good at it. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. God, I just want to be successful at it. But It just you know, takes it, time. It does. And with the economy the way it is, you know, 
being in Dave's position, I'm like, I, I feel like I want to do what I can to make sure that he can continue to do what he wants to do. That's why I love being a mortgage banker. I uh -huh. love making people's dreams come true. Right. With home ownership. I mean, it's a huge thing. And um, I, I have my own personal touch to it. And that's, I think, all the stuff I've gone through my whole life. Like I said, it makes you appreciate relationships more, a people yes. more, just somebody's company, somebody to talk to, you appreciate it more. Right. Because um, before it was so traumatizing for you to do that. It's almost yeah. feel like it's taboo. Like, I get to talk to people that I don't even know and I'm not getting punished for it. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. so it's like ever since that relationship, I. Every person I meet down the road, along my life, whatever, I try and make a positive impact. Yep. Um, and, you know, I want to teach young girls, especially if they're going through something similar to what I'm mm -hmm. going through, that don't harbor that. Don't let it eat you like a cancer. Right. right the ship and move forward in a positive way. So whatever it is, like I said, if you need to talk to somebody, mm -hmm. a stranger, I really wish, though, that there was more resources out there. I do, too. That, I mean, I know there's a lot, but mm -hmm. where do you find them? Where do you find them? I mean, if I had a million dollars, I'd probably buy 10 houses right now and make them all safe houses for women. For women. I didn't know any of that existed when I was going through right. what I went through. I didn't either. Um, you know, but, it, I mean, it's out there, but it's just like, you know, I feel like, you know, when you're in that situation, you feel so alone, like you're the only person that's going through this. You have nowhere to turn. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that I would have negated a lot of issues that I went through if I would have said something to my mom or my teacher. Right. Um, you know, but it is what it is, and I have to learn from my experiences and mm -hmm. move on and help people, you know, that may be going through it how right. they can deal with it and get out and mm -hmm. things like that. And I'm glad that you got out too. It's it, right. It's not easy. It, it, no, it isn't. And no. I thank you for sharing your story. Yes. And we will be sure to let you know when Winnie's book comes out, which hopefully will be sooner rather than later. <laughs> I hope so. I try and spend at least 30 minutes a day on it. <laughs> I know. I've been, I'm working on three of them right now and it's like, yeah, they're never going to happen because I'm doing three simultaneous. <laughs> I know, you're like, oh, I have a good idea. And you get in front of your computer and you're like, it's gone. Right. <laughs> Back to the kitchen. <laughs> Might as well cook something. <laughs> Thank you, Winnie. Oh, you're welcome, Jody. Thank you for having me. It's always great to see you. Yes, I know. I wish I would have been able to join yet with you, but. There will be. There will be other ones. Yes, we're here together now. So All thank right. you so much and reach out to me whenever you want me on your show. Absolutely. I'll do my best to make time for it. Thank right. you. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks again for joining Chaplain Jody on Survivor Angels. For more information, go to chaplainjody.me. That's chaplainjody.me. And on Facebook at Survivor Angels-Chaplain Jody. Sound effects for the show created by Andre Opate and provided by Pixbay. This is Dave Schrader. Until next time, sending you off to activate your angels.